Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. I really believe that today when I bring uh, this message today, I'm going to be speaking specifically about the peace of the Holy Spirit, right? The peace of the Holy Spirit. And again, it's going to be profound, I believe. And I want us to come expecting today. I want us to hearts, our hearts be receptive, to be open to what the Holy Spirit has to speak to us today about in this area. All right, so before we get started, let's close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I want to pray this morning that you may anoint my words with oil, Father. That my words, Lord Jesus, will have an impact in people's lives and that it will be a vehicle, Father, of transformation in people's lives this morning, Father. I want to ask that you will help me, Lord, this morning, bring a word to people in season, and our people be touched, Father, and be moved this morning, Father. And it will not just be another message on a Sunday, Father, but that will be one, Lord, that really has a profound transformational effect in people's lives this morning. I thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit, your help that you've given us here on earth, and we have not been commissioned to do this life by ourselves, Father, that our faith journey is one of a partnership, Lord, with the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, Jesus, that you will bring, Father, to us all this revelation this morning. We pray in Jesus' Jesus mighty name. name. Amen. 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 Guys, I'm excited. I'm pumped this morning, as you can see. Hey, for those of you who haven't uh, followed us on C3 uh, Church Lunt on Facebook, so hey, Christelle and myself are the location pastors for C3 Church Lunt. And please, let's get excited. Let's be participating on the 5th of December when we're going to have our first service in Lunt. So this crowd, you guys need to be there on the 5th, all right? So we want to make sure that we're there. A crowd brings a crowd. It's going to be exciting. We're, of course, going to be inviting many other people that are within the city and the vicinity of Lunt as well. And if you know anyone that would be interested who lives in that region to participate, we'd love to have you guys extend that information to them to be with us on that service, and it's going to be amazing. I'm excited about it, and so again, let's be praying for that, all right? So, Christelle, myself, in this, uh, this uh, devotional style approach uh, in trying to get people to know about the fact that a church is coming to the city of Lund, we've been speaking uh, in a recent series that we've launched um, called In the Spirit, all right? So, In the Spirit, where Christelle, myself, have been having 15-minute uh, devotional style videos talking about the, the fruits of the Spirit. So in Galatians 5, it speaks about that. So I think there's about three or four videos being launched. I have, we have been communicating that to church. Uh, but on, on Wednesday, we're going to be uh, announcing that's going out. But we've been speaking about being in the Spirit. So I want to encourage you guys to like and share the page and be engaged in that so that others can also know that we are here and we are here to stay and we're growing. So as a church, the Holy Trinity is something that we believe in. So God the Father... God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit in this composition or constellation sometimes comes across as a little bit of the silent partner, right? So we, we of course, know God, we know Jesus, but the Holy Spirit sometimes comes across as somewhat mysterious, you know, that silent partner that we not, you know, we not really know what it's all about. It's, you know, some for the elite group of people in church that have the Holy Spirit or, or aware of the Holy Spirit or that the Holy Spirit moves in their life. But that can be so, that is so far from the truth, so, so far from the truth, the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples uh, 40 days after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And he said, I am giving you a helper. Now, walking with Christ for the last 20 years, in 2001, I officially gave my heart to the Lord. I 
lived a very hypocritical Christian life before that, so I don't really count that. So, but the last 20 years I've been walking with Christ. And, so, and sometimes you can say that, uh, and, and people say, oh, but Matthew, you know, walking with Christ for 20 years, you, you probably don't need the Holy Spirit as much. You know, you probably, you know, have accumulated over time enough wisdom and knowledge to be, but I can say that is also, again, far from the truth. I need the Holy Spirit every day in my life to be able to make a difference and for me to be able to realize that, hey, you know, this is what Jesus meant by sending the Holy Spirit, the helper to us. I realize why he said he's sending a helper because I'm in need of, a, of, of help. And I, and I realize that, guys, you know, life is uncertain. It's unpredictable. There's no certainty about life. Uh, myself, like most or probably everyone over here, is, is truly unaware of what the next steps are. We get anxious sometimes about not knowing what the next steps are. Sorry, I forgot to put my phone off silent over here. So it pings all the, all the time. That's not good. Um, Christelle's wishing me uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> it sounds anxiety is a big problem in our, in our life, right? So uh, I was speaking to Shettle yesterday. Him and I were talking over the phone. Being a, a clinical therapist, he speaks to a lot of people. And what I've seen in the workplace as well to a what is a post uh, pandemic anxiety that is settling in with people. I did a bit of research and I saw that a quarter of a billion adults are struggling with severe anxiety worldwide at this point. A significant amount of people are thinking about taking their lives. And, and this, is, this is all due to anxiety, the fear of the unknown, what, not knowing what lays ahead. And so um, the main drive, of course, has been that we've been in a pandemic over the last while. We've been, you know, due to COVID, we have been uh, uncertain as to, you know, what the future looks like. What are the next steps? And I love this piece that, um, and Christelle says, I love every piece of scripture, and I do. <laughs> so she, she says, oh, Matthew, you can't say you love every piece of scripture every time you introduce it. But I do. I do. I love scripture because it has such a profound effect in my life, and I know it does in yours. Anyway, but I love this piece that what Paul says uh, in Philippians uh, 4, verses uh, 6 to 7. And this piece of scripture is also the central piece as well to that I want to focus on. And it is really, again, I know I've said it, but it is such a profound piece of scripture. So Paul says this, right? He's writing from a prison cell to the, uh, the people of Philippi. He's writing this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. You know, so this piece of scripture, prayer and petition, is, is, is quite interesting, right? So there's different kinds of prayer. You get the prayer, the ask prayer. So, you know, God, uh, please provide for me. God, please, can I have, please, God, open up this door. But then there's the prayer of petition, right? So it's basically a prayer that goes like this. God, in your word, it says, by your stripes, we are healed. God, in your word, it says that if we ask for a piece of bread, you will not give us a stone. So it's basically keeping God accountable to his word, all right? So that's what petition prayer is. And so it's not a prayer out of arrogance, you know, saying like, you know, God, this is what you say in your word, now you need to give it. It's not, it's not like that. It's coming to a place of asking God and saying, God, in your word, it says that you will provide for me as your son and, the do and, and daughter, Lord, in my situation, can you come and relieve me from this situation? In your word, it says, and, and, it might, and, and when, when praying that prayer, you might not see 
uh, sorry, I know Frick has asked me to keep still <laughs> on the camera. <laughs> so in, in, you might not see a, a, uh, a, an immediate relief of your situation, and that, that might be a journey in that ask, you know. There was quite a number of years before the, the Israelites were freed from Egypt, right, from the time they were, they were asking to be freed. You know, there, there was a journey that they had to go through. There was quite a lot of time that took place while the Israelites were in Egypt, uh, while they were in the desert, before they arrived in the promised land. There was a journey that took place. It's not my point, but I just wanted to make sure that you guys understand when coming to a place of petition with the Lord, saying, Lord, by your word, and your word says, and uh, keeping God accountable for his word. Um, Paul is writing this piece of scripture from prison. All right, so we're not talking about the Swedish prison where you've got Netflix and Disney Plus uh, in the room. We, we're talking about a prison cell in the, in, the, in the cellar, right, where there's rats, where there's mold, where there's probably feces and urine uh, on the floor. Probably he's chained up, right? He's probably been beaten as well too, and most likely he doesn't have any clothing on, right? So this is the prison cell which Paul is writing this piece of encouragement from, all right? So Paul is writing this piece of scripture. How ironic is that? What peace can come from prison? What peace can come from prison? So this, this leads me to believe that peace is not a physical location, but in fact a spiritual condition. Peace is not a physical location, but it is in fact a spiritual condition. How is it possible that peace can be experienced by Paul sitting in this dungeon where there's rats, where there's mold, where it's smelly, he's probably cold, probably struggling with wounds that he's been beaten by, and, and how, or sticks that he's been beaten by and wounds in his body, how, how is it possible that Paul writes this and says that there's a peace that he is feeling in his soul right there and then? that transcends all understanding, all understanding. How would you feel if you were imprisoned for no good reason? Because that, that, that's why Paul was in prison, right? There was no reason. There was no law that, that he broke. He, he was put in prison because the Pharisees didn't like what he was saying, that Jesus is the way. They didn't like that. So they said, okay, well, let's get this guy in prison, him and Silas. And they, 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 were, they were in prison. How would you feel? What kind of... Just think about that. Just, just put yourself in Paul's shoes right now. Again, not in the Swedish prison, in that, that prison. And you've been unfairly treated. How would you feel right now? You'd feel angry? Yeah, most likely. <laughs> you would feel injustice? Yeah, probably. You'd feel afraid? Yeah. You'd feel anxious about the future. What does the future hold? You'd feel hatred towards those who have taken your, your freedom away from you. But not Paul. Paul sits in that prison and he makes a statement of encouragement. Out of all the places that Paul can write a letter of encouragement and talk about peace, he does it from a prison cell. He does it from a prison cell. He's encouraging us, guys, to be praying and petitioning 
every situation that we're in, every situation that we're in, and we'll experience the peace of the Holy Spirit, the same peace that Paul experienced, that this world cannot offer. This world cannot offer you that type of peace that Paul spoke about, that he experienced in the prison cell and encourages us. He encourages us. We often hear about people talking about a place of peace, and often it's a location that they go to to try and escape the rat race or the circumstances they're in right now. But I guess that if going to a place of peace, a location, um, coming back to your reality is imprisonment. Paul is speaking about an inner peace, an inner peace, a spiritual condition, the Holy Spirit fruit of peace, as we read about in Galatians 5. Paul exhibited that right there and then in his life, a peace that transcends all understanding. And again, guys, I, I can't, I myself cannot even fathom the idea of being in Paul's shoes and writing a letter of encouragement and saying, I have peace right now. Wow. Wow. And why is that? Paul had the Holy Spirit inside of him, immersed into him. He had the Holy Spirit as a part of his everyday life. Paul understood what it meant that every day, spending time in the Word, praying, allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to him, allowed him to be able to say these things. Many of us are going through difficult times. Might be that you are struggling when it comes to a job, trying to find a job. Might be that the current job you're in right now is not very exciting and you're like, okay, this is a bit of a schlep going to work. It might be that you're you know, waiting for the one in your life or that relationships are difficult for you or that you might be in a difficult relationship with some family members. It might be that um, financially you're struggling at this moment. It might be that you have a, a, a anxiety about the future. How am I going to provide for my family, for my children? Or it might be that you're struggling with a health condition. It might be that you're feeling this anxiety, this fear of the unknown. And so again, no matter your current reality, I believe that discovering the peace of God that Paul spoke about will allow for your current reality to be trumped. It will be removed. It will allow your current reality to be nullified so that you can experience the peace that Paul experienced in a prison cell. Now, I don't pretend for one minute that I do not struggle with these things myself. I'm not the poster child of getting this right, I'm going to be honest with you. This is an area that I struggle with as well. Too. I find myself being anxious many times about the future, about the finances, about, um, uh, about many other things as well too. But I've, in every occasion, I've said, you know, I'm not going to carry this burden. I'm not going to carry this burden of anxiety and what the future looks like. I'm going to lay before the feet of the Lord. Many of you were with us in 2013 when we lost our twin daughters. And that, that, was, a, that was a difficult situation. And we, we didn't know what the future looked like. But the Lord came and he spoke to us. Christelle took a bit longer. But he came and spoke to us and he said to me, Matthew, your situation is temporary. And I, I don't say I experienced exactly the same peace that Paul experienced in prison at that point, but it was very shortly after that significant event that I experienced the peace of God 
that transcends all understanding. It allowed me to like be at a place of, wow, Lord, you know, you're in control. My situation is temporary. And uh, it, was a, it was an incredible event. And again, there was no, there's no problem to God, for God to, that is too big. There's no problem for God that is too big. But the question this morning I want to ask you is, are you willing to trust him to handle it? Are you willing to leave it over before his feet? Are you willing to relinquish control over your situation? As soon as we don't feel in control, what happens? We start getting anxious, right? When, we, when, we, when we're not in control, we start feeling anxious about our situation. There's many things that we have influence over our situation, right? Ourselves to be able to get a good job one day, um, making sure that we are yeah, investing so that we have a good pension one day. But there's many things that we don't have control over. There's many things we don't have control over. But leaving it over to the Lord, relinquishing control to the Lord is so important throughout this journey. So important. And do we, do we dare to trust God? Do we dare to trust Him in our most dire situations? Situations where we think, how are we going to get out of it? Whatever your prison is, may it be the cell in the cellar that Paul experienced, or it might be a prison that you feel financially constrained by, or maybe a prison where you're in a relationship, or maybe a prison in terms of you stuck in this job. Whatever your prison is, I believe that the Holy Spirit will bring a level of peace that transcends all understanding. And so Jesus sent us this helper because he knew we're going to struggle with this area in our lives. He knew that we can't do this by ourselves. And so in John 14, verses 27, Jesus says this. He says, I am leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give you. So you won't be troubled or afraid. So Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit, a gift of peace that the world cannot give you. No success, no amount of security, no amount of money is going to be able to give you the peace that you need except that which Jesus Christ can give you. Many times we try and find comfort and security in our relationships, in our finances, in our jobs. I'm sorry, guys, but that peace is temporary. It's fleeting. It can be taken away. You have it one day, it can be taken away the next. But the peace of God that you have with the Holy Spirit inside of you can allow you to transcend all scenarios. No matter what storm you're facing, whatever situation you're facing, whatever turbulence that you encounter in your life, no matter what, God will always be there. Probably the question of the series, the Tugera series that we had uh, recently just finished, Nadea asked, why do we follow Jesus? Simple, but yet the most, probably in my opinion, the most profound question throughout the whole series. In our connect group, we had Stefan Smith and we had James Nowicki answer that question with such a profound answer. 
and very insightful. Their answer was to the question, why do we follow Jesus? They said, because it gives me peace. Because it gives me peace. Knowing that through my salvation, there is eternal life that waits for me. Worrying, stressing, being anxious about my, my, my scenario and my life is meaningless when I know that heaven is the end destination. So they understood it. They, they understood that following Jesus meant and being able to declare it to others is that it gives them a peace knowing where their end destination is. So not being anxious about this life is, is temporary, guys. It's, it's temporary. And so they understood that this is a sense of peace. It's a, it's a peace that they know where they're going. And when we sit and we rest in God's word, through any situation that we are going through, we will find the comfort of the Holy Spirit rest upon us. He will rest upon us. God says in his word in Isaiah 55 verse 11, you guys don't have that. It says his word will not return empty and he always, it will always produce what he says. I love what Jeremiah says in, in uh, uh, chapter 29 verses 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Paul's state of imprisonment was a temporary one. He knew that God had plans for him to prosper him and not to harm him. He knew that. He knew that out of this piece of scripture in Jeremiah, that this life is temporary. It's, it's our opportunity to be able to tell others about Christ that yet don't know who Christ is. And this is, this is our calling. This is what the Holy Spirit has prompted us to do so that others can also discover this peace in this very turbulent world. As we invite the band up uh, as I close. The voice of the Holy Spirit. So you ask Matthew, but how do I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? So as a mother recognizes the voice of a crying infant, it's in the same way that you and I will recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. A couple of years ago when Dylan and Jason, our oldest and second oldest boy, were babies just a year apart, um, one of them was crying and I had my mother and my mother-in-law over uh, at our place and we couldn't see them crying and they, and, and they asked, so, so who is crying? Immediately Christelle and myself knew that was Jason or it was Dylan. Why? It's because we spent intimate time with them. We knew their cries. We knew their voice. And in the same way, when you spend intimate time with, with the Lord in the Word, you will recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit above your own. You will recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life above your own. And so I've made a few changes in my prayer life um, and uh, my, my time in the Word over the last few months. And uh, so I, I get up at uh, 5.45 every single morning. Uh, where I spend time in the Word. I meditate on the Word. I write reflective notes. And I ask the Lord to, to speak to me in that time. I say, God, help me in this time know whose I am. And God keeps telling me, Matthew, but you, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. You are my son. And so identifying who I am and whose I am 
allows me to be inspired for the day, to be prepared for the day. And so my prayer time is not exactly the same time that I, that I spend as I do reading and, and meditating, but I've changed my prayer life up as well too. And I've said, okay, let's, let's have intermittent prayer throughout the day. So every situation that I, that I face, which I feel like I don't know how to handle the situation, I pray, Holy Spirit, guide me, show me, reveal to me what I need to do in the situation. If I'm supposed to be dealing with a colleague, maybe having a difficult dialogue or might be at home where I need to have a, a conversation with the kids or with Christelle, she needs to speak to me, which happens more often than, than not. Uh, but, and, and so th- this, is, this is how the Holy Spirit operates. It's not just a once-off ticking in the box in the morning, done my prayers, I'm done. But the Holy Spirit is our partner. He's our helper throughout our day, throughout our day. He speaks and ministers to us when we ask. And when we ask of the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to minister to us, He does so. He reveals things to you. You will hear and recognize His voice when you spend intimate time with Him as a parent recognizes a child's voice when they spend intimate time with Him. You will recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. You will recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. So in the Word it says that when we ask for salvation, when we have asked for Jesus Christ in our life, we receive the Holy Spirit at the same time. So for for those of us that can declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of our lives, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's not for the select few. It's not for Justin, Lynn, and myself, and Lede, and Shetland, and some of those that you might think, oh, those leaders have the Holy Spirit. No. All of us have the Holy Spirit inside of us. You've got a choice of activating that and tapping into that and asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you and minister to you. And so now we're going to go into a, a time of, of ministry right now. I'm going to hand over to Shettle. Uh, he's got this incredible gift of prophecy and got a huge respect for this man. But I want us to, to all be participants in the next 10 minutes, guys. So no, no, uh, no bystanders, no spectators. I want us to be um, standing up right now. And I want us to be, I want us to be praying. Uh, and praying that the Holy Spirit minister to you, speak to you. And, and so, so, so I want your words to be, Holy Spirit... Reveal to me what you have in store for me. Holy Spirit, help me understand my situation. Petition to the Lord in a situation that you might be facing. And let's be actively engaging right now in the Holy Spirit. Shettle's got a few words for some people. And if you don't get a word, that's fine. But be active in asking that the Holy Spirit guide you, speak to you. And what Shettle's actually doing is what we actually do on prayer nights. So once a month we have prayer nights. And, and, and you, you, we get the, Shettle gets these amazing words for people. We pray for people. And there's incredible revelation that people get. And they're encouraged and they're affirmed. And feel like, wow, wow, God, you notice me. You notice me. And so again, I want us to encourage you guys to be, let's be actively participating right now. And I'm going to hand over to Shettle as he prophesies over us.